Punky peeps, Angela Bowen here, the host of Punky Power, on unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. How's everyone doing this morning? It is morning here. It is 8.43 in the morning. I'm still a little tired, but anyway. <laughs> Today, I bring to you Season 4, Episode 8. Now, it says on IMDb, Cosmetic Scam. This is actually an alternate title. The original title, which is on the DVD box, episode list, is entitled Beauty Lessons. So, that is the episode I'm going to be putting up on SoundCloud, and then in parentheses, under alt title, I will put Cosmetic Scam. This episode aired on May 8th, or excuse me, May 6th, 1988. Punky and Cherry make money selling cosmetics with unexpected side effects. Eey, not good. Alright, this episode was directed by Jim Cox. Let's see if he directed any other... Punky Brewster episodes. It looks like he directed four. He directed Christmas Hero, which was episode seven for season four. And Cosmetic Scam, No, No, We Won't Go, which is episode 15. And 16, which is entitled Bad Dog. This episode was written by, alongside David W. Duclan. Duclan? I gotta learn how to pronounce his name. It was also written by Cheryl Alou, A-L-U. Let's see, what other episodes has she written for? Uh, she's written for Perfect Strangers. Oh, and she also wrote an episode for, oh, Story for Silver Spoons, which is my upcoming podcast. All right, she wrote 12 episodes. She wrote in Season 2, Girls Will Be Boys. In Season 3, she wrote Tons of Fun, Divorce Anderson Style, and Tangled Web. In Season 4, she wrote The Nun Story, Poor Margot, Cosmetic Scam, Dear Diary, No, No, We Won't Go, One Plus Tutor is Three, The Dilemma, and What's Your Sign? Alright, before I get into today's episode, I would like to talk real quick about a book that I got, that I got on Tuesday, and I started reading it. If you like young adult contemporaries, the author to go with is one of the authors that I really like. I have been getting her books for the last couple years now. Her name is Casey, or, yeah, Casey West. And the book I received was called Listen to Your Heart. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because the plot has to do with a character who is starting her junior year of high school. And they have a podcasting class. Oh my goodness. Could this book not be more perfect? So I'm going to read the inside flap. Talking to other people isn't Kate Bailey's favorite activity. Well, you know what? We have something in common. She'd much rather be out on the lake soaking up the solitude and sunshine. So when her best friend Elena convinces Kate to join their high school's podcast, Kate is not expecting to be chosen as the host. Now she'll have to answer calls from listeners and give advice on the air. Impossible. But to Kate's surprise, she turns out to be pretty good at hosting. Then the podcast gets a call from an anonymous guy asking for advice about his unnamed crush. Suddenly, Kate finds that while doling out wisdom to others may be easy, asking for help is tougher than it looks. And following your own advice is even harder. Full of the witty banter and adorableness that have garnered Casey West's legions of fans the story of secrets love and friendship will win over hearts everywhere so i just wanted to share that with you guys i'm currently reading it i just started it tuesday and i am loving this book so if you guys are looking for a fun summer read then this is the book to check out even though this setting is pretty much in september back to school and stuff like that it's still it's a great read so far so we open up the episode actually in Punky's room, and she's hemming her skirt, what she has around Brandon's waist. 
And she's telling him, like, hold still, Brandon, I'm almost done. Of course, he's barking away. He's like, yes, this is very demeaning. Why am I wearing a skirt? I mean, I'm all for helping you out, Punky, but uh, <laughs> this is too much. of Brandon when she's done with it and she says can you believe miniskirts are coming back it's 1988 did they go away for a short time and then we're making a comeback I don't I, I was six in 88 I, I, I didn't wear a miniskirt my sister might I mean she was six years older than me so I, I don't know um one thing I have to object with here, she's giving Brandon Oreos as a, reward, as a reward? That's chocolate. You're killing your dog, sweetie. Don't don't feed your dog that stuff. I thought she could have given him, like, a dog biscuit. But straight up Oreos? Oh, come on. But as Punky was going to be heading out of her room to grab some milk for Brandon, she gets a phone call. Ah, the telemarketers, back before we had caller ID. You still kind of have that stuff now, only it's like random calls calling from like some place in Massachusetts or Kansas or some other place. I don't answer them. I just let them like ring and then, you know, end the call themselves or go to voicemail. It's just like, it's just automated, you know, life alert or blah, blah, blah. So, Punky gets to deal with the telemarketer who's going to con her into signing up for cosmetics. So he's actually calling for Henry. Like, is this H. Warnemont? He's calling from a call list, of course. And she's like, no, this is P. Bruce or anything. Ah, that's all right. As long as you have a lot of interest and enthusiasm and a lot of cash, you can take part in this cosmetic industry. Like, <laughs> typical, typical, typical. They try to get you to do something, buy some. Thing and sell it like you're gonna make money um when I worked at the Meyer back in 2002 early 2002 I had moved into my own place but anyway I was like wanting to look for another job and this is back in the day when uh newspapers were still heavily used you had classifieds the job section one of them was you know how they say earn big money and this and that by doing, you know, selling stuff. So I went there, it was for uh, selling Cutco knives. And let me tell you, this was probably one of the dumbest things I've done. Um, I actually quit my job at Meyer. I didn't even give two weeks notice because I went for the interview for this this sales job thing. I got the job, and they're like, oh, are you, and I'm like, oh, this is my last day at Meyer. I, t I told them they're like, what? Yeah, you're supposed to give two, give two weeks notice, um, because that would have made it really hard down the road if I wanted to try to get back into Meyer, which I tried unsuccessfully. Anyway, um, and it's just, you know, you go through the spiel, the presentation, uh, history of Cutco knives. Then they pair you up with other people there so you can practice selling stuff, knives and, you know, the spiel and all that crap. And it's just like, <sighs> I just think in the back of my head, what did I do? I just made one of the biggest mistakes of my life. And another thing. 
Here's another mistake that I made, job-related. Um, you know how there are job services and stuff like that you, you can sign up for and you can search a database? I don't think they really have that anymore, but when I was just out of high school and everything, like, you pay money and you can look through their database for, um for jobs and stuff like like people that are hiring and stuff like that and this it was over a hundred dollars I gave this it was like jobs Inc or something and it was basically not refundable you don't get that money back and think about a hundred dollars is still that's a bit of money that's a bit of money and I just, they're like, oh, well, it's not refundable and everything like that. And here, here's some leads to some jobs in the area. My grandma even got on the phone and started yelling at me. Like, how dare you take advantage of me? Like, no, they didn't take advantage of me. That's their job is to offer you a service, but you have to pay to search for their for jobs in their database for local businesses. And, you know, I went on some of these interviews for these jobs, and, of course, I didn't get them because I had no real experience in some of these fields, so. And this guy doesn't care. He's probably, you know, making money based on how many calls, you know, him getting through a call list and everything like that. He doesn't care that he's speaking to a child. It's like, I don't care if you're six years old. I gotta sell this product. And this whole spiel he's giving, like, are you tired of not having enough money, of cutting corners and not making ends meet? This is all stuff you would talk to uh, a 25 to 30-year-old adult who's struggling to get by and everything. She's 11 years old. She gets an allowance, which, of course, isn't much. But, of course, he feels maybe he can appeal to her uh, sense of self. So I'm going to play this clip. And she is really, she's buying into it. She, Henry never told her about, if it's a telemarketer, yeah, hang up the phone. They're just trying to buy, get you into buying something. Or, like the Columbia Record Company with the cassettes, the CDs, also BMG Music where you get so many CDs for, like, a penny or a buck, and then they send you a CD in the mail once a month. And, and then, well, basically how it did, it, I got some CDs from them, but then they'd send one in the mail every single month, and I'd have to write return to sender on it and pop it back in the mailbox. And it's like... You could call and cancel. Like, oh, sure, we'll cancel. No, no, you cannot cancel. Even if you're dead, they will still send you music. Until eventually, I think they went bankrupt. Because how many people really buy CDs anymore? Well, the last CD I actually bought was um, The Greatest Showman soundtrack, which is phenomenal. I love the movie. I love the, the music. is amazing. But like I said, I want to play this clip. She is buying into this hook, line, and sinker. Hello? Good afternoon. Is this H. Warnemont? No, it's P. Brewster. Well, it doesn't matter as long as you have a little ambition and a lot of cash. Huh? Congratulations, P. Brewster. This is the luckiest day of your life. It is? Tell me. Are you tired of never having enough cash, scrimping and saving, cutting corners, and still ending up short? Hey, who are you calling short? With just a small investment, I can help you add hundreds, no, thousands of dollars to your yearly income. Are you interested? Sure. What do I have to do? <laughs> Don't worry. It's nothing kinky. A child could do it. Now you're talking. So I thought this guy looked familiar, and um, he played in an episode of Golden Girls named, uh, his character's name was Sven, he was Rose Nyland's brother, uh, his name is Casey Sander, yeah, I guess he was in Home Improvement for 10 episodes as Rock Lanigan, never heard of him.
the guy kind of looks like with the mustache and the hair kind of parted on the side reminds me of this teacher I had a thing for a crush on when I was 11 in fifth grade. Yeah, it didn't end well, let's just say that. Okay, so basically he's talked not only Punky, but che uh, Punky is talked Cherry into what is called Lady Contempo Cosmetics. Because in the next scene, Cherry is dressed up like a businesswoman with the hair pulled back in a bun. She's got the glasses, the business suit, the earrings. And she's got a poster board that says Lady Contempo Cosmetics. At the bottom it says Investors Meeting. Is it still winter time? Henry's wearing a scarf with a heavy winter jacket and the hat with the little muffler earmuff things attached to it. Kind of like, I guess, the John Arbuckle hat, I guess you could call it. It's the thing I wear in the, in like October when it gets colder out at my job. So they've managed to get Henry and Betty to sit down for this presentation. Punky is also dressed with a nice um, little button-up vest with a flowy yellow blouse and a poofy red um, tie. It's just really eminent of the, um, the 80s and everything like that. So I'm going to play this clip as they talk to them about selling the cosmetics. I can already see, it's like, girls, where did you get this stuff? Who talked you into this? Come on, Henry, sit down. Here's a nice front row seat. <sighs> Will this take long? <coughs> I have snow to shovel. Oh, relax, Henry. Don't get your ear flaps in an uproar. <laughs> Allow me to introduce Miss Punky Brewster. Johnson, Cherry and I are proud to announce that we want to go in business for ourselves. Good. I can't wait to hear about it. We want to sell Lady Contempo Cosmetics. And all we need from you guys is $500. Meeting a trend. Wait! That includes the sample kit and the official distributor's license. But $500 is a lot of money. Henry, Henry, Henry. You've got to spend money to make money. Every millionaire knows that. <laughs> then you should have invited a millionaire to this meeting. Henry, these children are showing some ambition. The least we can do is hear them out. But... That's right. Put it there. Look at all this fabulous stuff. Lady Contempo has everything. Wrinkle away. Skin cream. Hair conditioner, men's cologne. Mm, this head ring feels smooth. Mm, the cologne is very provocative, <laughs> yet naive. <laughs> Interesting blend. Has legs. Listen to what Miss Spalding Keebler from Bemidji, Minnesota has to say. Lady Contemple face cream brought new meaning to my face. My husband loves the new me, and so does my boyfriend. Henry, this just might be a good idea. Every woman I know spends a fortune on cosmetics. That's because every woman you know is ugly. Think of all the ugly people we know, just in this building alone. If we do invest, what can we expect for our $500? I need one item from this sample kit. There's more snow being shoveled in here than outside. Wait, don't please. Uh, make us an offer. Well, the way I see it, if we put up 100% of the initial investment, we should get back at least 50% of the profits. Thank you, Payne Weber. Boy, you drive a hard bargain. But we can live with it. <laughs> How about it, Henry? Is it a deal? All right. It's a deal. I love Brandon's homemade sign as he's trying to get Punky's attention. It says milk on it. I need milk. I want to wash you down these Oreos. So Henry's like, you know, I don't have time to sit for this presentation. I got, you know, 
Snow to shovel. It's like, yeah, he's the apartment manager, so he's got a shovel. Why don't they have, wait, they can't afford, like, the city to come by and shovel? Well, no, he's probably going to shovel the, the walkway and stuff like that. Um, you know, if someone falls, there's a lawsuit right there. <laughs> so Betty is like, Henry, hear the girls out. You know, this is, you know, they're taking initiative here and everything. And Punky says, all we need from you is just $500, like, for an investment and stuff like that. Because they probably need to get more product to sell and everything like that. And Sherry even has, like, one of the brochures that has, um, like, user reviews. You know, customer, customer reviews and stuff like that. Which is basically... Clearly bogus. Um, the customer is like, oh, this face cream changed my life. My husband loves it, and so does my boyfriend. Whoa, wow, they put that in there. Okay. Um, there's also a um, joke on... Henry makes a joke about ugly people because Betty's like, oh, you wouldn't believe how much... The ladies I know that they spend on these beauty stuff, this beauty cosmetic stuff for the, you know, face cream and all that. And, of course, Henry's like, well, that's because all the women you know are ugly or something. Then Punky adds to it, like, whoa, can you imagine all the ugly people in this building? We make so much money. It's like, okay, I know. I know it's 1988. A lot of this stuff was just freely said because there was no censor, there was no filter. Like there is now. So basically they need $500 for a distributor's license and of course um, a sample kit and stuff like this. Like, so for 500 bucks, you get a license to distribute, you know, and sell that stuff. But those costs for those items are going to be higher than what you would probably pay in the store because you're paying for some company and stuff like that. It's like... You're not even going to break even, really. And I can understand Henry's reservation. That is $500? Is that 500 per per one of them? Like, 500 to Cherry and then 500 to Punky? Or is it 250 each? That's still a lot of money. I mean, at this point, she'd be working at Punky's place. She'd be making a little bit of an income and stuff. I mean, it's not like she'd be working there for free. You'd probably be paying her under the table. So why necessarily would she need to do this? Unless this is before, unless these episodes are shot out of order because we don't hear about Punky's place. Henry's like, $500 is a lot of money. That's a lot of money for 2018 if you think about it. So, Betty basically tells the girls that she expects to see 50% of the profits if they put in their money and everything like that. Like, if you guys are serious about, girls are serious about this, you know, we'll gladly support you, but we want at least half of the, you know, what you're, what you're earning. You know, they expect to, um, to make good on this, this investment if they're putting their money into it. So we get a Lee Iacocca reference here as Punky is chastising Cherry for being late. She said, I wanted you here at 8 because they're meeting in the hallway. And it's now, according to Mickey on my watch, it's 8.09. And of course, to Cherry's, you know, she's like, I was hungry. I had to eat. It's like, yeah, I mean, if this is a weekend, if you're starting out early, you got to have some, some food in your tum-tum to get you going. You're gonna, you don't want to be sluggish when you're... um. Trying to sell that uh, cosmetics and stuff. So, um, Cherry makes a fat joke about Lee Iacocca. Is that his name? I thought, I was listening to, um, uh, the How Rude Full House podcast. Um, one of the episodes from, uh, earlier season one or two where... They were talking about Lee Iacocca. Joey was kind of looking up to him and everything. Puts a poster of him on his wall. And I guess this guy is someone with the Ford company or something. Something to do with cars. So Punky grabs the bag of supplies and says, All right, we're ready to head out the door. You got any questions before we leave? And Cherry, of course, is like, When's lunch? You just had breakfast, kiddo. Lunch is going to be at least a few hours. All right, they're going door to door. Yeah, that is not going to work out. 
Luckily, I got out of that Cutco Knives thing before I actually had to go door to door and sell stuff to people, because that was ridiculous. I was like, I need money now. This isn't going to help me by relying on people buying these products in order to earn an income. So, Punky knocks on the first door, which is directly across from their apartment. Now, remember from season two, um, Jenny slash Julie Whitney and her father lived across. But then again, uh, at the end of the episode, spoiler alert, she gets in touch with her mother. So, they end up moving out. And then we had Mrs... Um, the lady who was going to live in a nursing home, but later turned out she was able to stay. I guess she moved out because we have someone else living there now. So apparently Mrs. Yurtsoff lives there now. So Mrs. Yurtsoff is a very nice looking lady. She looks like she likes to bake. She's got on her apron. She offers cookies, which, of course, Punky turns down. But Cherry takes both the cookies, pops them in her pocket. Like, all right, that's my lunch for later for now. So she's like, oh, what can I do for you girls? And Punky's like, well, we would like to see if you're interested in cosmetics. I can see that bike again in the background. That bike is a staple. It has been there for so many seasons. I don't know. That is that Punky's bike? So I want to play this clip of Punky trying to sell cosmetics to her first person. She tells Cherry ahead of time, like, hey, the key to selling these cosmetics is flattery. Basically, she's like, oh, we're going to sell you cosmetics, but you know what? It, it looks like you really don't need cosmetics. You you look really good. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how this works out. You know what? Um, <laughs> you don't want to insult your customer by talking about their facial features that are just like, oh, she's got a lot of double chins, or oh, bubble bath. She wants the bubble bath. Uh, what size are you gonna want? Small, large, or extra large? Or cheer. Even Punky is like, what you shirt? I mean, my girl. Luckily, um. Mrs. Yules, or whatever her name is, isn't faced by this. Now we move to the next scene where Henry is trying to get Margot to buy some of this stuff. Margot, I would think, is going to be a bit of a tough sell just because, you know, she's a person of, you know, she likes to find her things. She probably has, like, specialty stuff flown in from, like, Europe or Paris or, or someplace. Yeah, so he offers her nail polish, and she just rolls her eyes like, Mr. Warnemont, I happen to have my own manicurist. I don't want this stuff. So it's like, okay, that failed. Um, How about you, your own shampoo here? What do you think? How about the shampoo? And she's like, I have my own beautician. What could he offer her that she doesn't have a person to do that for her? She has a person for every, her hair, her nails, her face, 
her. I, I, that's pretty much it. So I even go so far to say, well, what about this uh, body oil here? She said, I have my own masseuse. Sorry, Mr. Warmont. I don't, I see what you're doing here and I'm not buying. There's got to be something on that table that he must get her to purchase. So he just cuts to the chase. He's like, how about you buy all this stuff because you're rich? It's like, I know you have money, Margo, and I need it. I need to sell these products. Like he, <laughs> he's like, all right, that's it. Cut to the chase. Just how about you buy this garbage because I need the money and I know you have money. Margo, could I interest you in some lady contempo nail polish? <laughs> I have my own manicurist. How about some shampoo? I have my own beautician. <laughs> how about some body oil? <laughs> Uh, how about buying all this stuff anyway because you're rich? Okay. Henry, great news for a hit. After lunch, we sold $900 worth of beauty gunk. That's wonderful. Punky Cherry, I want to congratulate you both on your efforts to rise out of this lower middle class poverty pit. Save you the trouble of putting your money away. Good idea. I'm gonna buy a new skateboard with my money. How about you, Punky? I'm taking Henry to Disneyland. Oh, now wait a minute. We could waste our profits on frivolities, or we could reinvest this money, buy more cosmetics, and triple our profits. What do you think? Triple our profits works for me. So, turns out the girls actually made serious bank with that uh, cosmetics. They sold just about every single thing. $900 of it. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> well, actually, when Henry's like, hey, how about you buy this stuff, Margo, because you're rich? She does not bat an eye. She just pulled out a wad of cash. Like, okay, I'll do that, sure. Like, okay. And, of course, the last remaining item that the girls haven't sold yet is the bubble bath. Henry takes it, turns to Margo, says, hey, Margo, how about, and so you don't have to put your cash away since your money's already out, how about I, you get this bubble bath? And she's like, okay, sure, here you go, here's some, a bunch of ones. So, that was funny, when the girls come in, Margo's already there, so she came over just to see Henry. Because I thought she was just kind of hanging around waiting for the girl. Unless she was coming around just hanging out waiting for the girls to come back. And while she was there, Henry pretty much threw that, that spiel on her. So they're all taking about talking about what they're going to spend with the $900. Cherry's like, hey, I think I want a new skateboard. Didn't they just get one at the end of season three? So, and she's like, hey, Punky, what do you think, what are you going to spend your money on? She's like, I'm going to take Henry to Disneyland. Well, may, how much would it cost? I mean, no way in holy heck would it, because they're probably got to split those profits down the middle. So that's like four fifty for each of them. That's, Disneyland would cost a lot more than that. I think you need at least, what, at least $5,000 to go to Disneyland to have a good time. Maybe even $10,000. Um, Henry convinces the girls, like, hey, instead of squandering our money on, you know, frugality, how about we buy more product, triple our amount that we, our, our revenue, our, our income and all that stuff. And the girls are like, hey, I like the idea of tripling it. Yeah, let's go for it. So, in the next scene, the girls are eating breakfast. So, Lady Contempo is a local place that they just get their supplies from? I thought it was something you had to order over your supplies over the phone and they mail it to you. Oh, man. Oh, things are not good. As we hear Henry screaming from the living room. Like, oh, my God. I can't believe this. I'm like, oh, my God. What happened? What happened? Oh, my God. Henry. 
So, Henry screams from the living room, and Punky's like, oh, are you thinking of all the money we're going to make and all the profits? And he's like, no, I'm talking about my head. And the girls run to the dividing door that separates the kitchen from the living room, and they see Henry, who's clearly wearing a bald cap. Basically, he has no hair. His hair is in his hands. Like, he's got strands of his hair. Like, no, he'd have more hair than that in his hands if that were real. Which it isn't, but still. So the girls find out that uh, some of the uh, Lady Contempo products are faulty and very dangerous. And by rights, that is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Anything like that, you can take a company to court, I would imagine. If it's to the point where you're losing your hair or you get, a like, um... A really bad rash or something that turns into a burn. I had used this um, when I was 16. This um, Sally Hansen um, facial hair remover for for my chin. It's, um, and I remember like it started like I put the cream on. It says like wait 10 minutes or something. And I did. And I wiped it off, and it was still, I mean, even when it was on, it was burning. And then even when I wiped it off, it was still burning, and like, ow, really? And then I ended up having to go to the doctor, because I, it burned so much that I had a sore on my on my chin, like a, a burn mark, like, good grief. So yeah, I've never used that. I pretty much just use a, a, a razor and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, that is... That is really a self-conscious issue. You know, I'm 16 years old, and I just, you know, people, you know, depending on their family heritage, they get, you know, facial hair in places that, you know, girls do that they don't want. You know, guys, it's cool. Wow, chin hair. Girls, no, not not, not very much. Not when you're a teenager. It's like you're already self-conscious about your body as it is. But to add that to it, yeah. I gotta say, George Gaines' eyebrows are really, really crazy. They're going off in their own directions. <laughs> I feel bad for Henry. Like, like, oh, my hair, my hair. As Punky's like, oh, um, you're bald. She's like, oh, should I get the crazy glue? And Henry, like, turns on her like, yeah, you can definitely tell it's a bald cap. So I want to play this clip as Henry is freaking out about his lack of hair.
want my opinion, it's an improvement. Why are you wearing that <clears throat> stupid hat? was like trying to make Henry feel better like hey you know now that you don't have any hair you can save on two years worth of haircuts while it grows back and Henry's like great so I'll just spend that money on sunscreen for my head it's like it's just where I had but then knock 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 who's at the door it's Betty and Henry's freaking out. He like he knows Betty is going to say something. They ridicule each other all the time. The fact that he has no hair right now, it's going to be open season on him. So he goes to the closet. The only hat he can find is a sombrero. Really? It's just so that you know he can look even more goofy. And Cherry's taking her time getting to the door. Like, Grandma, come on, just relax. I'll open the door. Don't be blue in the face. And sure enough, Betty comes in. She's got that uh, Lady uh, Contempo uh, face mask, and it's blue, and she basically looks like a Smurf. And it's just like, you know, she tried to peel it off. She tried to chisel it off. She tried to chip it away. Nothing worked. So... Lady uh, Contempo's stuff is pure garbage. It is harmful to your body. I mean, the fact that it results in hair loss and probably uh, a skin infection. Because you got to imagine what that stuff is doing to uh, Betty's skin while it's been on there longer than it needs to. Because I think those beauty masks are only supposed to be on for what? I don't think they're supposed to be on overnight. So Henry tries to plead, you know, with... Uh, with Betty, like, hey, we're both adults here, please, I know we're normally always joking with each other, ridiculing at each other's expense, but please, maybe this time, can we not do that? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. She calls him Melonhead, and then, of course, he looks shocked at her, and he's like, oh, well, yeah, keep laughing, Smurf. But he said, you look like a Smurf with a glandular problem. And, of course, she makes the joke, like, I would have said Mr. Clean, but you're 40 years too old and, like, more you know, overweight than he is. And, well, he doesn't have an earring either. All right, let's add more problems as Punky gets a phone call. Probably from the neighbor next door would be my guess. Yertsov. Okay, that's her name. So, uh, Mrs. Yusuf used the, uh, skin tightener, like, oh, you only have one chin now, and it weighs 40 pounds? Eee! Yeah, a lot of problems there. How much you want to bet this dang, uh, co cosmetic thing went out of business? They were just trying to unload what was left of their product, and they got the heck out of Dodge. So, Henry gets on the phone, says, don't worry, we will refund your money. And he's like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Uh, uh, she wants to hire a hitman. Like, whoa, no, he'll, they'll get you your money, don't worry. Well, that lady's taking it dark. She's taking it serious. Uh-oh, there's another knock at the door. Who could it be? Someone else with a beauty care issue from those cosmetics. Dress. Sap! I've been rubbing against trees all the way here! 
shampoo before I did that. Hello? Oh, Mrs. Rupperman. Oh, you tried Lady Contempo massage oil. Hair is growing all over your body? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. And do you have any left? Hello? Hello? I say we all go down to Lady Contempo and make mincemeat out of them. I can't. Daddy's flying me to the Mayo Clinic. Hold the Mayo. The itching will go away. I'm sure it will. I'm sorry, Margo. Not as sorry as you're gonna be when you get the bill. I'm with Grandma. Let's go get our $500 back. There must be an answer to all this. I mean, the man on the phone sounded really nice. I can't believe he'd cheat us. Look, everybody. I'll go and get dressed. Then we'll go down to the Lady Contempo headquarters. Calmly explain our problem and request a refund for our capital investment. But what if they don't give it back? We'll beat them senseless and rip off their faces! Alright, so the knock on the door was Margot. She used that moisturizer and she has broken out in like hives and. Basically, she's itching all over. She's got a rash. Her dad's taking her to the Mayo Clinic. And, of course, Henry's feeling guilty because he's the one who got her into buying all that garbage. And she's like, well, you will be sorry when you get the bill from the Mayo Clinic. And Punky was, like, noticing, like, all this stuff all over her shirt. Like, what is that? She's like, it's sap. I've been rubbing against trees all the way here. At first, I thought it was a dried blood. Like, she rubbed herself, like, scratched herself raw where she was bleeding, but no. Uh, Mrs. Wappelman, who's a character we never see, but we hear, um, use the massage oil or treatment, and she's got hair growing all over her body now. And, of course, Henry's like, oh, can I use some of that? And so, basically... Betty and Henry and everyone were like, all right, we need to go down to this lady cos cosmetic mo contempo. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and get our money back, get our $500 back. And, you know, Punky's a little, like, surprised. It's like, when I talk to the guy on the phone, he just seems so nice. He was lying to you, sweetie. They will do that. Those people, they're there to make money. They they don't care who they hurt in the process. That is a lawsuit. I bet they have so many lawsuits from so many people that are backed up. Like, get a hold of the Better Business Bureau. I don't know. Maybe they could help things. It's run out of somebody's basement? Ew, and this basement is so gross and dingy and dirty, and I would think illegal activity would be going on down here. Oh, my goodness. Hey, what are you 
So, Punky and everybody, they come down, they see this long table filled with, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six phones, all hooked up to uh, one answering machine, and a phone is ringing and gets the same message that Punky says that she got as they place that call on hold. Sherry's like, golf, if you'd have been on that phone, you'd be on that on hold until high school. Uh, I also see what looks like an adding machine. So, basically, whoever she was talking to has left the building. He is not there. He has booked it. And they go in. Punky goes into this room, comes out with this box that is filled with different products, which they're similar products, just they have different names on them. One of them, which was what Henry used for shampoo, is actually a furniture stripper. Um, what Betty used as a face mask is actually floor wax. And Henry's like, no wonder I used, I lost my hair. It's like, oh my gosh, how does he not, oh man, this could have been so much worse. Think of the skin, skin irritant, especially, you know, on his head, on Betty's face. So while they're looking at this stuff, we see someone come down the steps. Betty lunges at this man, shoves him against a wall, and tries to choke him out when she she thinks it's it's the guy who's been scamming them. No, he's actually a detective who, the, from the police that is actually looking into this case and he kind of lets them know, like, you guys are not the first people to be scammed. This guy, you know, he's been trying to bust this guy for a while, you know, a group of people. And it always seems whenever he gets close to catching them, they turn tail and they zip, they're, they're out. Because the only thing to even show that this is for beauty, um... Contempo Cosmetics is there's a sign just above the filing cabinets on the wall that says that. And he, the uh, cop detective even says, you know, these guys run scams like this. They 
rip people off, especially senior citizens. You know, a lot of them don't have a lot of money. They're on a um, fixed income. He'll he'll lie, say something about, oh, you've won a free trip. So the guy tells them, you know, this guy that Punky talked to has been running these scams all across the country. Like, you're not the first. He gets after some really gullible adults. You know, says, hey, you can win, th get thousands of dollars by doing this. So he says if it's not cosmetics the guy's selling, it's cheap condos, vacations in Hawaii. And he does add that some people lose their life savings. Aren't there, um, <clears throat> calls that, um, people will call to senior citizens and say, oh, I'm your grandchild and I'm stuck in Mexico and I need, um a Visa gift card to get me out of jail or whatever like that. And these senior citizens, sometimes they, they're, they're confused and everything, and they'll send, they'll, like, when I worked at Rite Aid, um, someone had sent, like, a Western Union with a lot of money to something uh, of that effect. And, you know, even they asked, it's like, do you, you know this person? And the person was really adamant, like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. And even Jeremy's mom said that she had run into cases like that. It's like, what can you do? You can't refuse sale. You know, you can warn them, but up to them, it's, in the end, it's up to them that they're going to, you know, throw their money down the drain. Um, another thing with the IRS scammers out there and stuff like that, it's just, they will call up, say, hey, your computer has a virus. And, or, or some of the fact of where the IRS and you're under arrest and the stuff like that. If you pay me so much money and blah, blah, blah. It's like, what in the heck? These people prey upon innocent people. That's why, here's a tip. If someone calls you from a number, you don't recognize it coming up on your phone, you don't answer it. It's probably a recorded message. I get a lot of those all the time from Missouri or St. or Kansas or a bunch of different places. It's like, I don't answer them because, and they don't leave messages. So what do I do? I block the numbers. Simple as that. You block them, get them out of your phone that way. And they'll probably try to keep calling back from different numbers. So as Betty and Sherry head up with Mr. Danko, um, Punky kind of hangs back, and this is nice, because we don't really, haven't seen, uh, Henry Punky talk like this in quite a bit, um, where she's like, that guy on the phone, he was so nice to me, and he actually was out to rob me from the very beginning, it's like, she doesn't get the fact that that guy was clearly out to take advantage of her from the get-go. He was reading from a script. You know, he got, you know, a call list of people. And he was just going through the numbers and everything. That's why he asked for Henry, because the number is listed under Henry's name. And that's just his spiel. It's like, for every five people that say no, at least ten out there will probably say yes to what he's offering. And the fact that he's asking you to spend $500 of your money to get this product and sell it for a return investment, that's a red flag. Anytime someone says, oh, we're offering you this deal, but you have to pay this amount of money, no, 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 no. Hang up the phone. That's Punky's principles right there, guys. Hang up the phone. Do not buy into that crap. No, there. you are never going to get a deal that's going to ask you to spend your own money. If you do, it's a scam. Well, she's like, why would anyone do that? And he's like, well, some people just aren't as honest as, you know, others. And Punky's attitude is, you know, I'm never going to trust anybody again. He's like, whoa, wait, 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 wait. That's not the answer here. The lesson to be learned here is to be very careful and cautious, especially when you're dealing with people you don't know. You don't got to be suspicious about everybody, but take this as a learning lesson. You learned something here. 
not to be gullible and buying into certain things. And now, in the future, she'll be aware of something. If something like this pops up again. Like, nope, sorry, fell for it once, not going to fall for it again. So, because Henry and Punky are down there, you get a family of four that come down also searching for the guy of the um, Contempo Cosmetics. They take their hats off. The husband, wife, and the two girls are bald as chickens. They have no hair. Oh, my gosh. So, they all bought into that shampoo. Oh, man. That's Especially on the kids, too. That is terrible. Granted, they're all wearing bald caps, but still, it's very terrible. All right, that's pretty much the episode, guys. I hope you liked it. I'm going to give this one a... Let's see... I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 Brandon Tailwigs. Um, what I liked about the episode, I liked that even though this was a scam, the girls had the initiative to start something and to really, you know, commit to it and everything like that. Um, I liked that the cop was nice enough to explain to Punky and Cherry, because they were really, you know, they fell hard for this. Explaining, you guys... Even though you're kids, this can just as easily happen to adults. Senior citizens, people lose their life savings. You lost $500. Some people will lose their retirement, their life savings that they probably socked away for the majority of their life. You guys lucked out. You just lost $500. You can easily, you know, I mean, they're kids, so that'll be hard to come back. But it could have been... A lot of people have it a lot worse. And I like that the cop explained to them that they're not alone in the situation. It is a common, common thing. I also liked that Henry kind of took charge with the whole lesson here. When Punky said she didn't want to trust anybody, it made her, you know, very leery. He's like, that's not really, you know, just treat this as a lesson learned. Don't look at it as I can't trust anybody anymore. Because that's going to be, it's like, no, no, no. Just because one bad apple ruined your trust doesn't mean the whole bushel is bad. Um, what I didn't like about it, um, I didn't like the fact that this guy did not care that he was speaking to a child. He wanted to get his $500 any way that he was going to get it. Um... And let's see, what was the other thing I didn't care for? I don't know. The ending with that family of four kind of made me nervous. It made me think of that movie, The Village of the Damned, the remake that came out in the 90s. I was like, ah, 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 ah. All right, I'm going to talk about tomorrow's episode, which is season four, episode nine, entitled See You in Court, which aired on May 9th, 1988. When Henry teaches Mrs. Johnson how to drive, which is a ginormous plot hole, guys. She knows how to drive. She knows how to drive. She's been driving for four seasons. I don't get it. Anyway, mutual lawsuits result because of an accident. The judge hears contradictory testimony from both of them. I remember watching this episode when I went to visit my mom. I remember there were... Uh, their own little flashbacks, their own little versions of the story where you get basically Betty driving in front of a green screen or a backdrop, basically. All right, let's say hey to some new Punky Power listeners. We have Reno, Nevada. They are really blowing up the podcast. They're loving it. With 160 plays. Wow. We have Cancun, Mexico. We have Spain, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Amelia, Ohio, London, United Kingdom, Valencia, Spain, Pakistan, and Franklin, North Carolina. All right, everyone, have a wonderful Saturday afternoon. I hope the weather is great. I hope that you get a chance, if you're an outside person, to get outside and just have some, enjoy the weather because summer is coming. It is June going to get hot, 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 hot. Summer, summer, summer. Um, other than that, I, if you follow the Instagram, uh, Punky Power Podcast 
page. I did list on there a fun little thing for the series finale. If you want to take part in that, I can do an own little separate episode with the, um, the email address for the podcast listed. So if you want to submit stories for how you would rewrite the series finale, if you want to, you're more than welcome to do that. I think I'll, um, I'll just do a, a, a little uh, thing for that. And that way, if you guys want to, Submit stories, you can do that. The That episode is going to be towards the end of June, the series finale, and we will be done with the Punky Power podcast later this month. All right. Until then, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.